0: Welcome to Society Owes Me a Gen X podcast. That one where Lily and Hannah go A2X through grunge, indie, alt rock, pop, movie, soundtracks, TV, and general generation Catalana. Goodness. Hello, Lily. How are you doing? Aloha, Hannah. I'm fine. How are you? Excellent. Okay. I say aloha because the sun is out in Britain and it's pretty exciting. And we are pimsing a <laughs> clock right yeah. now, aren't we? Finally, the sun has arrived. Probably only until tomorrow, but still, I'll take it and all the pims as well thanks very much it feels like festival weather doesn't it p for pims bitch <laughs> and it's also p for p p p p p, p- phoenix <laughs> <laughs> the p- 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 phoenix festival yeah the old classic Soma much p is for phoenix yay <laughs> yay us um but it's not just about the phoenix festival that happened 16th 17th and 18th of july 1993 that we were not present at which we were not present at, although I did have that um, bill of, of amazing performers on my wall as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, even though, obviously, clearly, I wasn't going to go. But I like to imagine that. Can but dream. I know, now I think about it, that's such a weird, sad thing to do, but I did <laughs> do that. Oh, bless. I know. Um, I really wanted to be that. I was there in spirit. But I didn't really know that much about it, only that, obviously, it's not on anymore it only really lasted a handful of years and it was really interesting to get into it and it's it's just a little it's it's more than a slice of history cuz it's not really like the lollapalooza episode we did i feel like this is very a very particular moment in time and very particularly british i think even mm. though not all the artists were british yeah something very british about about this particular festival and and all the problems as well that befell it mm. <laughs> Which I think, you know, ultimately massively contributed to its demise. Yeah, yeah, hugely. But we're going to get into it right freaking now. Um, so, do you want me to kick off here? Because I've got a bit of info about Vince Power, who is, go for it, the man behind Phoenix and several other things which you will, or you already know, but <laughs> anybody else didn't know. He's behind them too. Um, so a trip to Tennessee and a desire to bring the sound of Nashville to London prompted, uh, young Vince Power, a County Waterford, Ireland native, uh, to open the original Mean Fiddler, which was a country and Western club in 1982 back in North Northwest London, which is such a almost bizarre thought. Now, like to think that this all came from like country Western, which I, I mean, I love, I love country music and I would absolutely love to go to Nashville one day. Um, but I never, I never knew it had anything to do with the inception of basically massive rock festivals and, and promoters and... No, I didn't realise that. I, I felt like it had more to do with like folk. I don't know, maybe it was like the mm. mean fiddler thing. I just, I just associate that with the levelers. <laughs> Sorry. Right, but I guess in, in Nashville, what is country music came is folk, you know, yeah. just, that's what came with it and it's blended with other styles and, and that's what kind of came out. But, um, but anyway, so the original Mean Fiddler um, was on the site of an old boxing gym and it basically established um, a place for upcoming talent, um, predominantly Irish music, folk music, obviously, he's an Irish guy. And, you know, country stars who were touring, they would go there and just got a lot of attention. There was really nothing like that. I mean, especially back in 1982, it just wasn't really a thing in England. So he was incredibly brave, I feel like, Mm. to to strike out. But I think as we get into all the things that he did start, yeah, he's pretty fearless. And he's just going to crack on and and do whatever he feels like doing. And he has successes and he has his failures. And you know he gets knocked down, Hannah. He gets up. And he again. gets up again. Nice, yeah. nice, Linky, Linky. <laughs> that is my only Link. <laughs> the last do... week. <laughs> jump Did you? Oh, I might have a little one actually. Uh, did you do his family tree by any chance? I'm wondering if he's any relation to uh, to uh... Cat Power. <laughs> Not Cat Power. Uh, <laughs> John Power. Was it John Powers from the Lars and Cast? I don't know. But Maybe power is an Irish it. surname, and my husband has powers, Irish powers in his family. Super powers. No, just power, oh. powers, mm-hmm. you know, collectively. Um, that's not interesting <laughs> compared to what we're going <laughs> to get into. Um, but anyway, prior to the Phoenix Festival, uh, back in 1989, Mean Fiddle took over the organisation of the Reading Festival, which you have attended. And oh, I yeah. have not. I also have the Reading festival playbill up as well i clearly love the idea <laughs> of festivals more than i love going to them like my son it's something about the toilets <laughs> Why? i don't think i gave the toilets well actually i probably did at the time give them several thoughts uh but anyway he managed to pull in um new order the pogues the wonder stuff and the sugar cubes which is pretty eclectic mm. band of bands um, and he's also credited with reversing the fortunes of the long established event um, reading as well as getting involved with glastonbury and, and turning things up there as well when it took a bit of a dive i think around about the, the mid 80s right okay. late 80s it wasn't yeah it was a bit of a different a different thing and and things were dropping off so he picked that up again as well With his ability to, well, I guess he knew a lot of bands. So this was before he set up Phoenix then, right, okay. Yes. Um, Just to to say now, because I probably will forget later, but he subsequently, after all of this, he uh, acquired uh, Benny Kasim in 2005, uh, which was the same year that he sold Mean Fiddler for... 38 million pounds. Whoa. Isn't the hop farm thing his as well? Yes. Uh, I didn't get into that too much because it was a bit of a failure and there's problems.
1: (laughs) And I really want to celebrate
0: him, you know. Um, But he did, uh, he launched in July 2018 uh, his new festival, Fage. I hope I've said that right, Irish people. Um, um, I've written in my notes, rhymes with Grage. Right. (laughs) So I didn't get that wrong. So I think it's Fage. F E I S, um, and it's held at the Liverpool Pier Head. Oh, and billed as the city's largest celebration of Irish artists, uh, line up including Van Morrison, The Chieftains, Imelda May. Who we're seeing next month? Oh, and I supporting Eddie Vedder in the Who. Yeah, good. well, she's back, isn't she? For Pearl Jam. She is. On the, is she on, the bill? Uh, on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't. Pop. Yeah, I haven't. Committed to memory exactly who's on the uh, on the lineup for those two days. I thought Jerry Cantrell was, but now I haven't seen him on the latest ones. No, I didn't see that, and I did check today. Mm. God, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. Maybe they're, maybe they're just hedging their bets with him, I don't know, but that would be cool. But anyway, getting back to Vince, just really quickly, I'll let you know that um, his fortune soured. He went from multi-millionaire to bankrupt. His company went under in 2010. His festival company tanked as well. And Vince now lives on a houseboat docked in London. Oh! And this is a man who hates water, can't swim, and is terrified of drowning. What a dude! <laughs> I love this guy. Hang on, but he's living on the boat out of necessity because he's just skinned now. Well, I think he might have a house in North London, but he had to sell some of it, so I'm not really sure. He also has eight children, so potentially right. they live there, and he doesn't. <laughs> uh, but he said, uh, <laughs> <I> "No." <know. laughs> But he said money was never uh, everything to him. That's a good job. And he also add, added that he uh, only uh, needs in life a good shower that works and clean sheets to sleep on. Which is very civilised of him, I feel like. But that's according to the Irish Independent back in, um, in 2019. Well, hopefully, hope he's got a decent shower on the, uh, on the old narrowboat. Huh? I wondered if that mm. was... Yeah, maybe he isn't getting everything out of life that he wanted. But anyway, so that's, that's the man, the myth, Mr. Power. <laughs> Brilliant, thanks for that background. Great. Go ahead, hand back. Oh, not like me? Yeah. You're okay, in anyway. why not? All right, <clears throat> I am going to take you. But don't you think it sounds a bit like the Stone Roses? I was it's just not. about to say it sounds exactly like the Stone Roses. They did not play at Phoenix uh, that year, or any year, I don't think. Um, no, this is, well, this lot played on the Friday night. They were third on the bill. Actually, when I say third on the bill, does that mean like they were the third band playing, or does it mean they were third from like right the top? Third from the top, yeah, like a movie. Okay, that is what I mean then. No, is it what I mean? Uh, I've got the list here. Yes. So they were third <clears throat> on the bill on the Lime Liz- Lizard stage. So they followed Utah Saints and Eugenius. Now, do you remember Eugenius? No, but I was what the band is, yeah. I was thinking that the um, the name Eugenius hasn't aged well. Uh... Yeah, I mean, there's a particular reason they were called Eugenius. So they were an indie rock band from Glasgow, fronted by Eugene Kelly. Ring any bells yet? No, but good one, Eugene. And here's my link. Uh, Eugene Kelly of the Vaseline's. Now you remember, don't you? Yes. Um, Yeah, so he was the lead singer of Eugenius as well as the Vaseline's. um, And Eugenius also featured members of uh, BMX Bandits and Teenage Fan Club. So all of Kurt Cobain's favourite bands. Um, And here's my sort of link Um, remember when we talked about uh, Molly's lips on the incesticide episode recently Molly's lips were the witch from rent ghost yes and I have just put a picture on our Insta of uh, Alice Nutter from Chumbawamba who you've also already referenced today a lovely Uh, and (coughs) secure link there Hannah yes I like it yes you discovered was a uh, uh, wrongly accused of being a witch I never said it was wrongly. I just said she was killed. I, I, I I'm going to go if she was wrongly clues. She, she might have been. No, I just. Do you believe in witches? I feel like we can't know at this point in history, and who knows what they were getting up to in the 16th century. <laughs> anyway, all right. Probably Alice. Would you, you like to know people. who this is? Would you like to hazard a guess? Nah. This song is called Lady in the Front Row. Uh, okay, so they are Red Cross. Oh this this came up in my research really? nothing to do with yeah with another band and I was like <laughs> kind of in the back of my mind should probably look them up and then I didn't ah so Red Cross are great so they hail from Hawthorne California and they're well old so they started off um, in 1978 under a different name they were a punk rock band called The Tourists um, and they were set up by brothers Jeff and Steve McDonald and Steve was uh, uh, was a little uh, ankle biter. He was still in middle school, and then they were joined by their friends Greg Hetson and John Stylo, uh, and their first gig was opening for Black Flag. Nice. They don't sound crazy enough to open for Black Flag, <coughs> like as uh, in punk, you know, as in, as in Yeah. So they were a bit heavier when they started off. Yeah. This is this is much much later. Team, um, is, is it? This powerful. is much much later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were still the tourists then, and then they changed their name changed their name to Red Cross, um, allegedly inspired by the uh, the wanking scene and the Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Um, uh, and then Greg Hetson left to join Circle Jerks and later Bad Religion. Circle Jerks is one of my favourite band names of all time. Did we just stray into a different track, or is this still? Oh, whoops! Yeah. I've, I think I've queued stuff up on my Spotify from earlier. Sorry, this is back to Red Cross. This is Jimmy's fantasy. Well done. Did you notice who that was? No. That was <laughs> I Bad Religion. Who I've just met. Actually, that was all deliberate, wasn't it? I literally just mentioned uh, that Edson was in Bad Religion after Circle Jet. So there you go. It was. You know, I was focused on, on Circle I'm so jokes. on it. I don't even know it. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So anyway. They were threatened with a lawsuit from the International Red Cross, so they had to change the spelling of their name. So they added a D and they changed the C to a K. Um, So, just a little bit of trivia Um, they had a little side project called the Tater Tots, the McDonald Brothers, that was. and uh, at the Taster stops they released three albums and the second one of those was called Sergeant Shonen's Exploding Plastic Eastman Band Request Mono Stereo. Um, and that included uh, some guests on it, including um, Cherry Curry of the Runaways and Pat Smear. Mm. Of the Germs, and of Nirvana, and of the Foo Fighters, who we've mentioned many a time, on oh the god. Okay, uh, so a little bit of potted history. So in 1990, we are in the 90s now, um they signed with Atlantic Records and they released an album called Third Eye and they appeared strangely uh, with David Cassidy in the film Spirit of 76. Have you seen that? I'm not. Buff, so. Um and they put out a few singles which had a bit of success on, on college radio. And and then ex-Red Hot Chili Peppers and future Pearl Jam drummer Jack Irons joined them on tour. Um, and uh, yeah, they got some decent play on MTV, um, and we're going places. And then, in 1993, the year of the Phoenix Festival, Phase Shifter, the album came out. And that is what Lady in the Front Row and Jimmy's Fantasy, amongst others, are on. And that's the album that I had. And I can't remember exactly how I um, discovered the Red Cross, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with, um, with Anna, um, and her older brother, uh, who's very into music, and so we've got lots of our, you know, musical knowledge and influences from some of the boys a couple of years older than us in school. Um, and the song that, so they I've, I've looked up the set list, um, and I don't think they actually played Visionary on it, but I'm going to play it to you anyway because this is the one that I really love. It's such an early 90s sound as well, that wow, 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 guitar, you know. Can you hear it? Oh, and also, this is quite, an, uh, quite a 90s thing, what? isn't it? The chatter before... Uh... Still, the, like, um, soul bands in the 60s used to do it. Four tops and stuff. Four what, the Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's play a little bit. This takes me back. I, I went through a phase of putting this on every mixtape that I did. I wish we had our old mixtapes. Oh. That would be so much fun. <sighs> we, maybe we should that would be quite interesting to like reconstruct from memory. Yeah. The type of mixtapes like all well, mine ended up in a charity shop when I went away travelling. I know but like I know for a fact that I went through a phase probably when I was about 13, 14, maybe 15 where I put um, Aretha Franklin's respect on everything. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not '90s, yeah. so I'm just, just saying, the Bay I put on quite a lot of I, as Yes, well. that one too, and of a Preach, Mum. I didn't like that one for some reason, but it was super big, obviously. Oh, I loved that for a long time. Anyway, back to Red Cross. So, um, so in 1903 they toured for over a year, headlining and supporting the Lemonheads Ew. and Spin Doctors. Uh, in late 1993 and then in 94 they supported Stone Temple Pilots who we still haven't covered but we must you know they so weird of us yeah um, so yeah they uh, had a little bit of a break um, after another big tour in 1997 and then reformed again in 2006 after almost a decade of not having performed together um, and uh, they headlined the Turbo Rock Festival in Spain I don't know if uh, Mm, Mr no. Power had anything to do with that. And the Pop Festival in Montreal headlined that as well. And then they toured Australia as part of the Hoodoo Gurus 30th anniversary. Uh, anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> anniversary? I knew what you meant, weirdly. I wasn't even <laughs> gonna challenge you. Uh, and in 2012, um, put out a split single and performed um, with the Melvins. So lots of Linky linkies. Uh 2013, they, they toured Australia with Dinosaur Junior. Um, and I think it was on that tour. Actually no, I think it was a few years later, Dale Crover of the Melvins um, joined them as a touring uh, as a touring drummer and I believe he is now a full time member, or he was as of 2017. Um, and then most recently they put out, 29, uh, in 2019 they put out their 7th album, Beyond the Door, um, which features Buzz Osborne of the Melvins, and Josh. Klinghoffer currently Um. off Pearl Jam so yeah I thought Red Cross were an interesting one because there are so many links to things that we love Uh, and they're still knocking about Ace over to you okay do you want do you want American Swiss English or Japanese (laughs) we're talking about cheese (laughs) What? Uh, what you think about it? It's crazy, I can't Let, decide. Let's 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 stay over the pond, shall we? Okay. Let's go American. And I'll give you the legit. Oh, sorry, red cross. Stop. There we go. Thank you. And I may have lied because I actually don't have any American. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go Swiss. We're back to English. Swiss. Okay. Great. Yeah, I feel like this is a good idea to get rid of this one, to get over this one first. Gosh, you you bought the crunchiest snacks for this evening. I know. Check this out. And even when I was buying it, I was thinking, why are you doing this? Mm. But it's what I wanted, and I just, I wasn't, I I couldn't um, compromise. Okay, here we go. All right, well, I've already given you a massive clue, because you know they're from Switzerland. So, no, it doesn't help. (laughs) <laughs> it won't do. I'd be very, very surprised. But yeah, I will not. tell you that this band is credited, or whatever word you personally might want to use, with developing a new style, much appreciated and largely based on sampling and sound manipulation, and mimicked, mimicked by The Edge, Hannah's favourite band, too, oh. and uh, also mirrored in uh, Mike Patton's uh, work, with, uh, with Faith No More as well, which is a surprise. But I could definitely hear myself I could hear me and you two in this. Gosh, you know what I mean? Me Do I get any more clues? They are a Swiss industrial rock band from Geneva. They formed in 1985, and the band took their name from the track Young God from uh, Swans' 1984 EP of the same name. Oh, Was it Young God? Yes. It is! Oh, I didn't know they were Swiss. I thought they were Irish for some reason. No, you, the you can didn't... tell he's got a really heavy <laughs> accent on it. <this. laughs> I, I think they were Irish. Okay. Well, this single, Skin Flowers, uh, became an underground hit when the band temporarily moved to New York. And, uh, and surprise, surprise, this will become a common theme the band featured on John Peel's music sessions back in uh, 1988. Who didn't feature John Peel's music sessions in 1988? <laughs> well, true, but it's unbelievably stacked. Like, actually, everyone I've covered, John Peel had on quite a lot. And I mean, he didn't everyone, everyone, let's be fair here. I mean, John Peel's job in life was basically to push the predominantly northern unknown unsigned band, which he did very well. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, I'm just going to put this on because this is Gasoline Man and you might get more of a vibe of what the band are like. I wanted to put Skinflowers on because it really did become something of a hit and I think that's how they ended up on this playbill, really. So is this one of the bands that you looked at on your bedroom wall and thought, damn, I wish I could go and see them live? It was probably focused more at that time on on the bands I (laughs) knew. And then it was just like, I wonder what those other bands are like. Yeah. I'll never know, <laughs> you know, because no. there'll never be a thing where you could just, you know, put your headphones in, which also don't have any wires, drive. and just hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For oh, a right. reasonable fee of sixteen ninety nine a month. Yes, yeah, <laughs> my have own to children that can that now, listen yeah. to their shit, yeah. which is so bizarre. Although we found out today that that the teenager um, is enjoying. Um, as you are. It was interesting because... the has come to Yeah. Good yeah. girl. Which my husband was playing, and which, this is even weirder, granddad suggested she listen to because she's really into uh, dead musicians. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I've played Nevermind in the car plenty of times, and all I get told is, Mummy, can you turn that down, please? Did you let it slip that i a fan? And now that's that's done it. I, well, <laughs> clearly me playing it outed me as a fan, and... He's obviously forgotten. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I'll take it. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm well, not right. sure I'm a fan of uh, the Young Gods to be. Well, I'm not there. either, but uh, it was. I thought it was pretty interesting about the whole edge and stuff. Like, I never, I never really thought that the edge was such a ripoff merchant, but kind of. Well, I mean, okay, all's fair in love and music. But I felt a lot of acting baby here. And who were the band that put out? They had a song called Belfast that, that was on EastEnders. It was. Ah, uh, okay, is it was them? Uh, Hang on, what I did, did, you know, are you did you say? Your own are you? Did you say zoo stations? Yeah, we, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 that's not a band. That's not a band, is it? No, it's a U2 thing. No, no, there's a there's a band that's on this lineup. I can't remember. That's got a song ones. called uh, Belfast. Right, I'll have a look later. Sorry, anyway, I'm just going uh, okay, to help myself to add more pims here. she uh, ho, where shall I go now? Oh, actually, would you like to hear a little bit about? where the where the um, place where the thing took place what's well it? you you know the phoenix festival <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay it was held at long marston airfield near stratford upon avon and it was one of the first four day festivals in britain and this was very confusing this was this was in wikipedia but it said travellers refused free entry blocked the entrance meaning many spent their friday night in their vehicles in long queues why would travellers assume they were getting free entry was that a thing uh, uh, I don't know. Had they been? To, I don't know. I thought that was very churlish of them. Like, why would they let you in for free, but everybody else has to pay? Like, I thought that was weird. Maybe maybe they also thought like me that like I don't know. It was a Levelers festival, <laughs> and then they be loud. <laughs> I thought were the the Levelers on on like was there a label? Yeah, the main was Mean Fiddler a label as well. I don't why know. do I associate it he's so strongly with the Levelers? Promoter, I think, because obviously he's into folk music, so he obviously definitely promoted them and had them on his gigs you know what it is mean fiddler stage probably is more folk acts and that's why it sounds so familiar yeah but um anyway and this is very pertinent because we just went camping ourselves and um and the rules were similar (laughs) in today's family camping site as it was at the phoenix back in 93 but yes i know what you're gonna say so festival goers were made to put out their campfires and turn off the sound systems at midnight like i get get the sound systems okay to a point Mm. but putting out campfires dude what are they supposed to do do you really think everyone's gonna go to bed yeah that's well obviously that's the point is everyone goes to bed but it's not boarding school dude you can't just Send everyone to bed. <laughs> Although in this day and age it's, it's being told to turn off turn off Spotify from your handheld <laughs> mobile phone. I mean also it does say in the rules. It does and say And they're trying the rules. to keep it, you know. Yes, your husband was very even. naughty. Yes. My husband <laughs> and your husband <laughs> oh, yes. were like, Oh fuck that, we do what we want. We're it's like Red Oh rules. God. We're anarcho punks. <laughs> yeah, so like well, they would they would've Not enjoy the Phoenix at all, and I I did think that I was thinking, you can imagine how infuriated people were, and you know probably like just getting into getting their drink on, and then suddenly they're getting shut down. Especially when they're used to like being at Reading and Glastonbury, where like any shit, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the rules were in sharp contrast to the twenty-four hour culture of the Glasto Fest. But I wonder who who set those rules? Was it the festival itself, or was it the well, it might have been the security. council. You what? know what the council's like. No, it been, yeah. They probably made their own kind of rules and uh, no one had ever done it up uh, up there anyway. So anyway, there were even uh, there were demands for refunds on the spot and the festival's reputation was marred from the outset. And the enforcement of these rules by security staff, what a job. Can you oh, imagine nightmare. dealing with people in the dark and trying to get them to it's just not it's just not going to happen. Anyway, um Fencing and light rigs were toppled, fires set, and physical clashes between festival goers and security staff also occurred. Would you like to know a fun fact about the uh, Longmaston airfield? Yes, please. The site is now being developed as we speak into a quote-unquote garden village. What's that? Well, it sounds like Milton Keynes to me. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I took from it. Okay. But anyway, they're doing that now, so just in case you were wondering if you could go down memory lane, visit that airstrip... <laughs> You Light can't. campfire. Well, you can, but you can now buy a nice little house with garden, and that's it. <laughs> All right, nice. Go ahead. <clears throat> okay. Um, have you ever been to Slough, Lily? I've been through it. Yeah. Well, as I... have the people that live in Slough. I hear. <laughs> I've I've lived in a Slough postcode for many many years. It's where I grew up, but I have not lived in Slough. Um, <clears throat> it's called Slough in America. it? What's the poem about the, was it the Roger McGough poem? Is it Roger no, McGough? No, it's, um, isn't it Bechman? Oh, Bechman. I'm thinking of McGough because it's the same, like, Slough, Slough, McGough. Yeah, get confused you're right, it is Bechman, about the bombs falling. The bombs so. falling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's fun fact, like that was in the office. Ooh. Quoted by like- Ricky Gervais, wasn't it? The office was set in Slough, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, but he quoted the poem at the beginning. Our equivalent of Scranton. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the original tell you, version of Scranton. <laughs> the you who has lived in Slough, apart from David Brent, is. Although I thought he was from Reading, actually. And she you. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I'm not living in Slough. No offence, I'm from Slough. What are you uh, saying? A thousand Yard stare. <laughs> oh, I nearly did these Slough. And I backed away. Good oh, instinct. When well, you're a fan, no, <laughs> I Just actually like was. Age. So they're one of those bands I'd completely, completely forgot about until I looked at this lineup. Do you know what? I started listening to it and I was like, this is way too indie for me, and I backed away. Yeah, it's super indie. It's super indie. And um, yeah, I, I did listen to one of their albums a lot, and now I'm wondering why. <laughs> 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 this is excellent. Assist. Bless them. Bless them. They're still together. Um, let's no, have, I not live for they're fine. This was their biggest hit. This is called O-O-A-E-T. Do you know what that might stand for? No, but I did see it on Spotify and I was yeah. like, what? If, you, what? if you were a football fan, which, oh, like oi me, oi. you are absolutely not. No, 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 so it means, I've got to look at my notes because I still don't know. Uh, it means, oh, it's nil-nil A-E-T. No score after extra time. Uh, so obviously, we would football never know. fans out there will think we're morons but there we go um so yeah they hail from slough and berkshire berkshire um that's called berkshire in an american yeah, they have the berkshires berkshire berkshire here as a berkshire girl i can confirm that it's most definitely berkshire um, so they were active in the early half of the 90s before Britpop exploded and they sadly were not part of that Britpop explosion Jangly um, guitars, though. Yeah, very jangly guitars. So in the early days, they were they supported uh, indie bands like James and Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Oh my God, there was a kid <laughs> in my class called Parker. And he called himself Parker USM. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Did he get a lot? I bet he got none. <laughs> well, I mean, we might be talking at a time where no woman's getting any, so... To be fair, I, I wouldn't like to speculate. <laughs> that's him, that is. That's amazing. <laughs> Park of the Unstoppable Wanking Machine, I imagine. Oh, God. <laughs> that's a whole new band. That's a great game. Delete it. It's part of USM Tribute Band, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're welcome. What, Park of the Unstoppable Wanking Machine? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, um... Uh, right, so I could. The, the, the set list for thousand yard stare is not available on setlist fm um, but i did find their um, most played songs according to setlist fm so i'll i'll let you listen to some of those whilst i'll tell you a bit more about Thousand Yards there she don't hate it as much as i thought i might have. i mean it's fine it's i think it's like nice background music to no it is all fine yeah yes like so it. coming up is come uppance which has been played 24 times live apparently according to setlist fm right so they released various EPs their debut LP was called The Weather Watching EP and that came out in November 1990 oh this is not Thousand Yards Dare sorry my uh, thing thingy is all funny this has come up did You're you ever a novel I nearly did and then it went they didn't even play at the Phoenix Festival who <laughs> that was what the uh, hell Hannah we had uh, an agreement it will all become clear it will all right. become clear uh where was I um Yes, so the Weather Watching EP was very well. They, they put it out on their own label, Stifled Ardvark, which I think is a great name. That is an amazing name. Um, but it was very well received by uh, uh, the critics, and NME nominated them the Brightest Hope for the Future. Wow! And in 1991, uh, their next EP, the Keepsake EP, got to both um, got to number one in both the NME and the Melody Maker indie charts, um, which led to them getting a slot at Reading Festival '91 and their support slot for James. And then the season stream EP, which the uh, No Score After X, Extra Time was on. Obviously that's full of football metaphors that we uh, we don't understand. And that song featured Martin Bell of The Wonder Stuff on Fiddle. Oh. So you've already mentioned The Wonder Stuff and we've talked about fiddles. Is he a mean fiddler? I don't know. I think is a mean fiddler, yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, they had their first album. Um, and it topped the Indie charts, got to number 65 on the UK singles charts, so I mean, you know, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> could be a lot better. You could, could be no in at all. <laughs> not bad. But it was good enough to get them signed to Polydor, and they released a, a further three EPs and two studio albums, um, and uh, two of those were produced by Steven Street, who may ring bells because um, he's produced uh, the likes of The Smiths and Blur. Uh, and in 1992 it was all looking really positive and they were i think they headlined the enemy stage at glastonbury but then it all kind of went a bit sort of tits up from there neither of the uh of their second and third albums did very well so they uh so they split up um one of them formed a new band called click um with um, someone called philip wig wiggy who was a, a collaborator of, of billy braggs and the rest of the demons, uh the rest of the band teamed up with um, an engineer called Nick Steele um, and uh, 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 put something out called Euphoria. Um, fun fact outside of Thousand Yard Stare, actually, that's more interesting stuff, what they did outside of music after Thousand Yard Stare. Um, uh, one of them worked as a chiropractor in the Slough area. Another one of them worked as a music plugger and band manager in Bristol. Uh, one of them moved to Dunfermline and worked as an accountant. And another one became a social worker in none other than Brighton. Way, way. Uh, yeah, they reformed a few years ago in 2015 and did a sold-out show at London's Borderline, um, amongst other dates, and uh, did a few more uh, recordings. But the, um, yeah, the album that I mentioned that I had was actually a compilation of the first three EPs where they're watching a second season stream. And the album was called Fair to Middling. And uh, I remember, it so. Uh, I must still have it somewhere in the loft, but it was one of the, um, you know how CDs were usually in like little plastic cases. Yeah. This was a cardboard one with a little plastic clip and it was all very sort of new and sexy at the time because you know, anything that wasn't, like, like you know, Vitalogy was so, yeah, yeah. so different. Special, a bit special. And uh, I couldn't, I could remember the front cover of it. It was like, you know, three guys I think from the band uh, I think they were I don't know wearing football kits or something I don't know um, but I couldn't remember the name of the of the album so I was googling it and uh, I found my exact CD on eBay going for 65 quid mm. who'd have thought mm. so yeah still knocking about excellent you know looking at the um, the playbill I'm calling it the playbill what would you call it line up is line up Oh no, not set-list, line Yeah, like lineup poster, yeah. And it reminded me of, um, you know when people were doing like fake fan names on fake festival posters, you know, and just making up stupid names to uh-huh. send up hilariously named, which, you know, stuff like dead Bark and things, you know, just like amusing. And then we were talking um, recently about um, about that exact thing with the pharaoh and Ball Paint oh. chart, <laughs> yeah. you know. Or oh, have you thought of a new paint? Mix? But then we couldn't. But well, we couldn't think of any, you know. It was like, uh, I think, I think I was like, oh, dead salmon, and then I was like, oh no, I think that actually is one. <laughs> <laughs> but I found it because oh, it just you... made me think of it. It's just, I, I love it. What is it? There's a, a very bright yellow called Flowers from Esso. Flowers from Esso. Oh, what like four colours? The flowers. Garage. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, there's a very red called Magnum of Tizer. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. God, I forgot all about Tizer. Tizer and Tango. <laughs> there's Fantastic. a kind of. There's a kind of a, a, a very pale green called Very Old Chair. <laughs> and a very very <laughs> pale pink called Your Mum's Jilly Cooper Novel. <laughs> what colour is that? <laughs> it's like a a grey. Oh. This one's good. It's like a, a dull mint Hitler's loom band. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so good. The first one is this kind of meh grey, and it's called floating porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> and after that is nasty bunting. <laughs> what kind of nasty bunting? <laughs> it's another grey-green. It's so good. I love it. Like old pants. Yeah, mm. so these are very, very, very funny ones. And then there's just this, this screen called Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think I just busted bar- need- a laugh into the microphone, then I'm I need to cool. put this on the instant because <laughs> it's still funny. Every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Anyway, uh-huh. back to the music. <coughs> Okay. Which are you probably expecting me yeah, to provide. To <laughs> okay, so where should we? Where should we go geographically? What are my options? Well, it's still uh, there's England and Japan. Oh, we could have done this the other way around. Like my son's really into GeoGuessr at the moment, thanks to. Uh, I still don't know what that his is. School teacher. Oh, you'll you'll love it. It's really really good. It's like you. So it's a computer game thing and you get dumped anywhere in the world oh, like just okay. random pla- like it could be like a car park or something and then you have to you can travel a little bit with your with your mouse um and you have to look for you know clues and figure out where you are Ooh. and then you can pinpoint it on a map and you get points according to like how far away you are from the place so i played it with my son just as i left the house and i got like it's out 5000 points and i think i think together we got 4 we were basically 950 meters away from the exact location very from good anyway so i'm very very proud of i'm going to have to try this moment. out you will love it it's yeah okay i'm going to i'm going to do something from from england okay just because actually these two next um i've actually got 3 more to go but um these guys i really liked a lot and i was surprised yeah, so i'm going to put it on hang on this is england right yeah okay. immediately put this on and I was like, this sounds like The Replacements, I love it. Doesn't it sound like The Replacements? Can't it hardly does. wait. It Who is it? Looking, mm. at my, looking at my lineup list. Well, they are an English indie rock group originally formed in 1985 from Leeds, which is in England, um, and they formed uh, from the ashes of Lost Pandas, which is excellent. Um, band name and also potentially name of a pharaoh and ball paint as well because Lost Panda could be a real <laughs> winner I feel like. And uh, the name I was... recognise the voice. I really I really like this. So the name was jointly conceived by lead singer David Gedge and his girlfriend at the time. Oh! It's the wedding present! Yeah! Wow! Of course! Cool. Because they were both avid fans at the birthday party and it was an homage to their favourite band. So they gained serious fans by being championed by... Who else? John JP! Yeah. legend! From the mid 80s, <laughs> even though they uh, rejected record deals thanks to all the publicity he gave them uh, and all the fans. And they continued to put their own music out, thereby retaining control. Um, I, it did occur to me that some people might not know who John Peel is. So, John Peel, aka John Roberts Parker Ravenscroft, OBE, thank you very much. Um, the short viz, he had a very popular show on Radio 1, as you obviously know, Hannah. I know you love him. Mainly as well because he was a he was, godlike genius. He was a godlike genius, so thank you very much. That's exactly what I was trying to say. So if you January, haven't checked that episode out, check it yes, out. Yes, you should. Lots of bands that Lily doesn't like. <laughs> There's a reason I didn't buy Enemy. <laughs> just leave it there. Uh, anyway, he had uh, this radio show on Radio One, which is arguably the most respected radio station, or at least a very, the most widely known, and it's a BBC radio station here in Gliese. In his Sessions, quote-unquote, because they were known as the John Peel Sessions, uh, launched many a career, PJ Harvey being a well-known one that we talked about back in the 90s. Uh, but the show actually ran from 1967 until his death, sporadically, um, until 2004. Fun facts, a sporadic death. <laughs> no, his, his radio presence was sporadic <laughs> until know, his I permanent know. death in two thousand. R. John, Is from the Wirral. I Did not know that he was born in Hebbal, which is where my mum's best friend. I'm sure I told you that in my godlike genius episode. Too you probably busy did hating on all my a plans. long time ago. <laughs> anyway, that's the Wirral Peninsula, just south of Liverpool for the softy southerners, which is us. <laughs> We just happened to know that because Hannah used to live there and my mum is from there. Uh, but anyway, fun fact, which Hannah already told you, but I'm <laughs> going to tell you again because I love it. John Peel went to America and was working in Texas when presidential candidates came through and he got to meet and talk with JFK and LBJ, later blagging his way into the Lee Harvey Oswald arraignment, posing as a Liverpool Echo journo. And he can apparently be seen in the footage. Hannah is stunned to hear this information <laughs> uh, on the 22nd to 23rd of November at the midnight press conference at the Dallas Police Department. But good old John later phoned in the story and everything he had heard to Liverpool Echo as he had lied previously the day. The echo. Nice la. Anyway, uh, he then became the Beatles correspondent uh, for a Dallas radio station, KLIF. love <laughs> that the Beatles had their own correspondent. I know it was a good time to be a scouser in America. <laughs> he thinks. Anyway, he came back to England, worked for a pirate radio station, became the coolest dude ever, and knew what was going on. Rest is musical history. Um, fun fact: his life was threatened when he first played the Ramones on British radio, and was soundly thrashed by the BBC. Fun times. He wasn't literally thrashed, but <laughs> tongue thrashed, tongue lashed. This is uh, The Wedding Present with Cordray, which I just found, bear in mind I'm listening to this for the first time. Love it. I had a double page spread in one of my fanzines actually, uh, 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 an interview with with The Wedding Present. I didn't conduct it. It was our uh, Northern Correspondent, Susan Darlington. She was a big fan. I was gonna say it reminded me of that band that you like. Is it Yard Act? They're from Leeds as well, aren't they? They are from Leeds. Yeah. I feel like they're ripping off the Wedding Present. They a teeny are. Bit. Excellent. I'd and say that's they're a bit like more, more, like the full. It's the but way it he's singing, though. Out. I just feel like, especially in this track, it like sounds just like him. Talky. But it's the the accent talky. as well, and you know, just anyway. Fun fact: Can you guess who did the most John Peel sessions for Mr. Peel? The, the Wedding career. Present. No. This is just a fun fact. It's got nothing to do with anything about Phoenix, to be fair. Um, gosh, I don't know. Pulp? No. Nirvana did a few. Um, no, but remember he's championing the British Northern Band here. Um, this isn't that funny game, is it? Gosh. <laughs> just tell you? <laughs> Yeah. It's the Fall. Oh, I literally just mentioned the Fall From Manchester. Not in answer to your question, but okay, oh Anyway, that's the wedding present. Brand new to me, not new to Hannah whatsoever, but I think I'm a fan. Um, Yeah, I wasn't a big fan back in the day. I mean, still not, but I like them. I was going to tell you something about them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should continue playing that because I hadn't actually told you everything I was going to tell you about them. But I'm going to tell you now. They were part of the C86 movement. Oh, yeah, yeah which for those uninitiated, i.e. me, C86 was a cassette compilation released by Enemy in 1996, featuring new bands licensed from British independent record labels of the time. And as you will recall, cassette tapes were called C60 or C90, depending on how long the tapes ran. So the C86 name was a play on that. i always a C90 myself. 90's uh, to the core, I am. Of course. <laughs> you got a nice 45 really? minutes what side exactly um, as a term, C86 quickly evolved into shorthand for guitar-based, indie-pop, punk, indie-rock, jangly guitar-type stuff, which I've also heard being called a shambly Camden shoegaze. Mm. Did you... hear yeah. that? Um, it also became a bit of a pejorative term over time, and the association were that they were generally unsuccessful bands by being called that and being under that umbrella, but... Uh,
1: they not didn't, they? Why
0: they, didn't they? Well, wedding present obviously weren't in it for the mass commercial appeal anyway, considering they uh, turned down big label offers and whatnot, did their own music themselves, so... But I feel like I should probably have reached out to Tracy from We Dig Music about this, because I feel like I've heard that she really likes this band and she is the queen of shoegaze, and all information about it, quite frankly, so... Look at Tracy, now. where I've gone wrong. And uh, a 1000 yards stare came... Just before the wedding present. So wedding present headlined the zine stage on the Sunday night. Good badges yeah, there were like quite yeah, quite a big deal at that point to be second in the bill. Yeah. Over right. to you, handbag. Okay, so you'll have to give me ten seconds Bionic lady because oh no, you didn't. Oh, that was quite smooth. This is off YouTube, not Spotify. Because this is not on Spotify. And I thought I'd be <laughs> um, I thought I'd have problems not being very technologically capable. Great. <clears throat> okay, I should just claim that I'm just going to grab some ice real quick before you get involved? Because so, I'm drinking all the pins and Hannah's is just. No, I'm done. You can uh, fill me up. Schwitzing over there. Oh, oh okay. Finish me. <sighs> Tell everyone what I bought this as an accidental <laughs> ice claw. <core. laughs> So British. Lynne's got a very, very British tea strainer, which, uh, yes. How embarrassing. Uh, they probably uh, don't sell myself. these in other countries. <laughs> they just oh, yeah. sell them here. But it, I mean, it's doing the job. What's wrong with like, your spoon? Why would you need a tea bag squeezer? You could just use your spoon against the side of the cup, which I do. To be fair, you could also just use a big spoon to spoon the ice out of your uh, ice bucket. Well, we've done that, but I'm just trying to be like... Posh and have all the gear and fail to miss. Posh tea strainer, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> I scoop. So well done. Not really. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Anyway. Me. So this is that band that you were trying to work out because we kept this. this these are a secret from each other, didn't we? Did you work out No. Who that band was? That I, wasn't I did. Okay. So this is uh, played on the same stage on the same day as Thousand Yards during the wedding present, but they were third on in the day. We've really leaned so. into the shoegaze, haven't we? I wouldn't say this is shoegaze. So, okay, Andy. So this is off an album called Bent, which I owned um, and I really, really liked for a time. And the band is Kinky Machine. I didn't see them on the lineup. They are. I just told you where they okay, are. Okay, I just might have not been see on it. your poster. No, I'm not saying it isn't there. I'm saying, saying the I didn't poster. see it. <laughs> Although whole played, and they're not on the poster. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, so this is 10 second Bionic Man. Um, so Bent was their second album. So the first was eponymous, but it was the second one that I had. Um, so they were an indie band, obviously, as if you you know <laughs> get out of town. <laughs> uh, so their members included uh, Louis Elliot and Johnny Bull. I don't know who the other ones are, but th- these were the main ones. Um, who then later, you know that imposter song that came up a little bit a little bit earlier. Uh, that song was by Rialto, who were not on the bill, but that is who Louis Elliot and Johnny Bull uh, later formed. Do you remember Rialto? Yes. Yes. That had a... Okay. Serious ring. So, Monday morning. Were they, dare I say, like, menswear suede-type? <laughs> yes! Um, they'd probably object to be calling, to, to be called menswear-type. Right. But yeah, they do What's with highly... menswear? Okay, I no, love menswear! Sorry, I always get in my head, and it makes no sense. <laughs> menswear and Shed Seven. Confused, I don't know why. No, they're quite, menswear like, I don't know why. Of, like teeny Bopper indeed. When I said I I menswear, them. I didn't like menswear. I quite like Shed Seven sometimes. Okay, interesting. I love menswear, so they are one of those, they were one of those like Camden bands that used to hang out in the Good Mixer. So, Anna and I would go up, well, I say we'd, we did it once, went up to you loiter? Well, <laughs> we <we're> very, very underage, <laughs> but we loitered in the Good Mixer, like, you know, with a pint of Coca-Cola. Do you know um, why I lived in Camden? Good Mixer was not a good pub. I don't know why the hell people went there. It's well, a bit maybe sketched. Sketched. why? I don't know. But we hung out. And we I think we nipped into the um, into the Men's loose to get a picture of like where Johnny from Men's Wear and I don't know whoever else supposedly drank at the Good Mixer. Back, back then. <laughs> um, you know, Did you go to Wittenberg Castle when you were up there? Uh, no, we didn't. Why? But um, you were just around the corner. Because they, so they didn't drink there. That was the one. It was always like about the Good Mixer and Mellymaker. Maker. And I think I might have even... I've got a photo album that has the photos <laughs> of the toilets. Yeah, or maybe in the urinals. People should know that Hannah has, like, a lot of... She has actual photo albums, like... She's proper, yeah. like, old school, sort of... Yeah. Old school with the yeah. K. I don't still do them, but... Yeah, that stopped after my first child. Uh, but yes, I've still got them from the 90s. Um, so, yes. Um, uh, that was 10 Second Bionic Man. Um, they toured with Ned's Atomic Dustbin and the Manic Street Preachers oh my god Ned's Atomic Dustbin I'd forgotten about them so I must have seen them in the Manics but I don't remember Um, yes I've got here they were like pulp slash menswear-esque yes however I do remember them they did not associate themselves with the Britpop sort of scene and they became disillusioned with the Britpop sound um, and also, I think this is sort of what the with main their sound? crux of it, well, <laughs> That's so weird. They, I, th- I think really what happened is that they got pissed off that a lot of the bands that had supported them previously, like Supergrass and Ooh, Elastica, uh, basically overtook them, you know, a bit like a thousand Yards stare. I mean, I don't know if, you know. That's awkward. Uh, so yeah, um, Elliot said, when we started, we were delving into British pop music for influences from the Kinks and the Jam to the Clash to the Beatles. All that Britpop became very boring. So, to be fair, they are right. It yeah. really did. <laughs> no, it did So I mean it did later on, it did. Uh, so yeah, then Elliot Bull formed Rialto in nineteen ninety six, who I guess they um, you know, didn't think sounded uh Brit Poppy. But I mean you can judge for yourself because this is Monday morning, five nineteen by Rialto. Just for a little flavour. At eight o'clock we said goodbye. Oh, this is more like my life story it is a bit yeah it's very um, second half do of like. the 90s <laughs> I think maybe a yep. little bit Jean not as annoying as Jean no you're so right late Ross 90s absolutely bang on she yeah said that she'd be it was a moment yeah. and White Town and all those guys oh god White Town so anyway well, she I'm going to stop them there because they did not play out Phoenix you you purist you well I've saved the best oh no I've still got I've still got my Japanese band to go. Oh my God, we need to get going. Who Maybe is the Japanese right? band, Did You know, Sh- You said Shonen Knife, but they did- they're not on the bill here. Well, they were. <laughs> they're not according to Setlist FM. There's no Shonen Knife. No, but they were on the original playbill. Do you not want me to talk about them? I don't think no, no, they no, played because it. I think Hull played in their place. Actually, to be fair, hot. Hull-
1: and there we'll was another Hull- band,
0: it. if I recall. That also didn't play that was on the original Playbill. Oh, it was the Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy, I think. Oh, yeah. I Which is a shame because... What I have about them? Are you going to cover them or not? I'm going to talk about Shonen and knife just because it's very, very brief anyway. No, I mean the Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy. No, I, I considered it because um, because of uh, what they went on to do and stuff. But apparently they were a no-show and uh, oh. House of Pain, I think, did their slot or something. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they, so they did that album with William Burroughs. And I'm just getting. to... and I. Let's do and Knight anyway, because they okay. were on the original Playbill. There are many... You could look on set lists, but unfortunately, most of the set lists aren't available. You're not confusing them with Velocity Girl? I mean, who... No. Also are not Japanese, but... Okay, right. I'm pretty sure I didn't make this up. Come on then. But I've closed my tab on <laughs> <laughs> the poster when I, <laughs> when I had it. So, fuck it. Let's just play you. Whatever. I love it! I, know, I love that. <laughs> I don't even want to listen to this track that much, but I I do love that intro. This is another of Kirk Payne's favourite bands, Yes! So, this, I love this. This is Shonen Knife, with the track Shonen Knife from the album Shonen Knife mm-hmm. in 1990 <laughs> They're awesome. Uh, Shonen Knife was formed in December 1981, so they're definitely one of the oldest bands on this. Wow. Potentially. <laughs> Maybe if they were a Phoenix. You know? Anyway, they're from Osaka. Um, predominantly Naoko Yamano on guitar and vocals, her college friend Mishi Nakatani on bass, keyboards, and vocals, and Naoko's then 17 year old little sister, Atsuko, on drums. Um, the album Pretty Little Baka Guy was released by Sub Pop in 1986, and they opened for Sonic Youth in 87 in Osaka, which can you even imagine? They're barely a band, like. I guess they probably had been around for quite a long time. But anyway, 1991, they did a tribute album uh, to 23 punk and alternative rock acts called Every Band Has a Shonen Knife Who Loves Them. Love it. <laughs> Which is, who was on that? Adorable. I don't know, because it's not on Spotify and I couldn't find it. Oh. But I, I would love to hear that. And in fact, I want to hear from anybody that has heard it, or even better, has the actual thing because I need it. Anyway they played with Nirvana as their support in the UK and because Kurt was a big fan said Kurt when I finally got to see them live I was transformed into a hysterical nine-year-old girl at a Beatles concert. Oh that's going to be us at Powder. in yes. a few weeks. Yeah I've got a feeling they, Shonen Knife gave Kurt something that then ended up on like the artwork for his sister side, maybe or something like that. Potentially. John Peel's session? Why yes they did in 1992. <laughs> Massive surprise. <laughs> anyway, I suppose they count as northern. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to admit it and tell you that my knowledge of Japan geography. Honestly? I am wondering now: is, is Japan north on the globe or not? Geo guess. kidding? I'm going to check. I'm going <laughs> to check the location of Osaka as far as Japan's concerned. Okay. And then I'll tell you about that. Alright. Uh, back to Bad Religion. Third act on, uh, on Sunday's main stage, Bill. Do you like Bad Religion? I don't really know them, but I like this. So, oh, when did you say and I perform? Sucker's right in the middle, dude. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, no, I went north compared to us. Oh. <laughs> north in the world. In the world? no <laughs> yeah, they're really down now aren't they no, no but you know them. what they're the exception that proves the rule because they're Kurt's favourite band so what are you going to do yeah, even John even John knew which way the wind was blowing with these guys yeah. that. all right but I I, I I was quite partial to a bit of bad religion they formed in LA in 1980 this is 21st century, century digital boy which is the one that um, I think got me into them Uh, But not in 1990, which is when it came out, this was on the Against the Grain album, but I came to them a lot later. Um, Probably because, right, okay, probably, so, their set list at Phoenix uh, included songs from various albums, so uh, I've got No Control that came out in 1989, I Want To Conquer The World That I'll play you next. Uh, this one, from their 1990 album Against the Grain, then Recipe for Hate in 1993, the year of the Phoenix, um, and then Stranger Than Fiction that came out in 1994, so they'd already put a lot of stuff out. Um, so yeah, and then Against the Grain that came out in 1990 was re-released uh, when they signed to Atlantic in 1993. Okay, so, uh, have you heard of the- Yeah, guitar in like an Have you? Heard... <laughs> Have you heard of uh, you you get white snake vibes, dude. How many glimpses <laughs> have you had up? A lot. I might be addicted to I'd like to wash it down with some ice through your tea string. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you heard of um uh, Epitar, the record label Eptar? I don't think so. Okay. So that was a big like well, let me tell you about it. So, Bad Religion had had a they had quite a big underground following when they were on Epitaph, which was set up by Brett Gurevitz, who was their guitarist. So he set the label up in in, in I don't know, 1980, I think, or early 90s or something. Um, but then in 93, they signed to Atlantic, along with a bunch of other California-based bands, such as Green Day, and other Epitaph-signed bands, including The Offspring, NoFX, and Rancid. And that led to, like, you know, the, the 90s, like, punk rock, skate sort of punk revival, um, of the 90s that my husband was way well into um, your freaking husband <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that, that one yeah not the other
0: one <laughs> um, I love that we found the perfect name for when he picks up <laughs> food from the floor and eats it <laughs> so this is Stranger Than Fiction that I'm playing now which came out in 1994 uh, but they played it at the Phoenix Festival um, but it's got a great line in it I don't know what it means but caringosity killed the Kerouac cat, is what drew me to this song. Because, as you know, of course, big, big Kerouac family. Thought it was that bit, too. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. The Pims has got me. I'm in a, I'm in a Pims hole right now. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, they did really well in the mid 90s, but by the late 90s. Um, they were uh, they were kind of old hats, so they were dropped from Atlantic. Uh, went back to Epitaph. Oh yeah, so in the meantime so I I when they played Phoenix, I'm not sure who was their guitarist, because Gurevitz, the Epitaph guy, then um left the band to manage Epitaph full time because the offspring had blown up and got so massive and we should cover the offspring. I love them. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, so he uh uh, went to Epitaph full-time in the wake of The Offspring's massive success but then he came back when they got you know ditched by Atlantic he, uh, the, the band went back to Epitaph and Gurevitz rejoined, and then they got popular again um, and they are really prolific they've put out 17 studio albums um, to date and they are one of the best-selling punk rock acts of all time having sold over 5 million albums worldwide Wow. That's so that's <laughs> all perfectly timed have you got any more yes i do Ooh. and as i started to say earlier but then remembered i had shown no i've saved the best for last and a bit excited because i've discovered a new band from you know 1993 but still please tell me you're doing the new fast automatic daffodils no <sighs> sorry i'm not I love this band. Oh, I am so into this. Oh my god, it's the Manic Street Preachers, isn't it? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> so we'll play it. This. this is fantastic. So, hang on, hang on. It, I want to guess. Wanna well, guess make I'm, a I'm, I'm not going to say. It, I'm just going to oh. say that you know it's hard to say. Is it derivative or is it just that moment in time? Hmm. I think I know who it is. they they support Nirvana? Is it, um... Oh. oh, look at Anna on the right. Is it Jacob's Mouse? No. no. Oh. But, you are a little bit close. Oh, anyway, this band was influenced by American artists such as Skadoo. Sonic Youth and the Pixies. They all hail from Derby in the UK. That's the north of England, just in case anyone was wondering did John Peel let uh, the softy southerner slip through the net? No, he did not. Is it the Pooh Sticks? No. Nope. Originally a trio of two bros and a Tony Hodgkinson on drums. Which, by the way, this drummer is like amazing. Uh, Tony, also known as Antron He. <laughs> He's the guy who danced around the stage at Reading Festival while Nirvana were playing. Oh my god! I still don't know who the band is, but okay. The band is big. Oh, yeah. So this is Slack taken from the album Slack in 92. I love it! I'm sure I was sent some of their um, promo CDs and I didn't rate them at the time. Oh, brilliant. Listen to this guy. It's freaking amazing. I'm amazed. I thought they were like. Yeah, be like a yeah. band. I was so surprised too, anyway, I'm loving it. Mm. Um, so anyway, uh, Tony uh, was this guy who was just kind of bopping around. He just did whatever, whenever. He said he didn't really have any direction, he was just one of those guys. And so a friend of his was in music promotion and stuff and he wanted to give him a hand and, and give him a job to do. So in the late 80s, he sent him to pick up this American band who were doing a few shows in England, and it was Nirvana. And they just loved Tony because he was just so weird and off the wall, and yeah. they just got on, like, uh, really well, and he was obviously a musician himself, so he said that um, he was a bit lost and that Kurt embraced his weirdness. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. It's, Even though the other guys weren't, I think, too sure of him. Yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a Nirvana documentary on the BBC, not that yes, long ago. Yes, he's in it. And he's yeah, it. and I think they interview him and stuff. Yes, yeah. yes. That was, like, they, they, there was an amazing one on the BBC where it was like Nevada, um, REM, like a bunch of like REM unplugged sessions, or live sessions, and then the Nirvana story, and then something else amazing after that as well. It was like, a whole evening of awesome music on yeah. BBC. Yeah. It's that guy. So in case you're trying to imagine what this looked like, he's a guy with a shaved head. And the what looks like like he's all painted but it looks like he's got like tribal yeah, boots painted yeah, 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 on him yeah. on his naked torso and he's wearing a white tulle underskirt and uh, Tony has described his style of music uh, of dancing to the music as freestyle <laughs> feeding off the energy of the band pogoing and, and just whatever the vibe demanded so I remember thinking he was a bit sort of like a cross between Anthony Kiedis and, and, and Bez legend dude yeah Bez mm. did spring to my mind and uh oh, peel session yeah, nineteen ninety two. Nice, nice. I really thought you were gonna like do some of the crusty burns, like um. <laughs> I <like the new laughs> no from Brighton. The tan Sads. yeah, I th- I thought you were gonna do all that lot. Uh, so handing me your widget. I'm done, I think. You're done. Okay. Yeah. Well, well I can play you some more. So no, some no, no, more no, it's fine because I, I do have something else to play you. Only to um to um just end this on the right note. And that is to say that two years ago, tomorrow, um, Jane and I were supposed to go and see Faith No More at Brixton Academy for the first time after, after many years of watching video croissant in Jane's living room and dancing around and drinking all her parents' beer that they brought back from their camping holidays. <laughs> Remember those panaches? Oh, yes. Yeah, they brought so much back, like we figured they didn't notice. I don't think they ever really did. It's, no, got it was like, just like, it's like 1%. It, it right was yes. basically lemonade, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we were kids. We should have been drinking and all, but anyway. No, my dad good used times. to buy them for us. and like, we so were allowed good. Them, you know, for it's our Sunday roasts, as we listened to, to, to Tanita Tikaram. My mum used to say to my brother, like, okay, you can have a little beer. And even to this day, my brother's like, God, that's so patronising. <laughs> He's still it's upset about beer. it. <laughs> a little beer? Do you want a little beer? <laughs> We'd have to take a picture of these little beers. They are tiny. Um, We'd have anyway. one of those or like half half a can of woodpecker. And I actually think woodpecker is quite <laughs> strong. <laughs> yes, it was. Cide, giving cider to young teenagers is not a good idea because literally that was what we were drinking yeah. to get pissed out of our minds down yes, the park. That was, that was quite a lot Sunday I remember. I remember um, whenever my, my cousin's grandma used to um visit and we'd have sunday lunch she would teach me to knit so she'd teach me to knit and then like i'd instantly forget when she went away and then she'd teach you know i'd have to relearn but i remember one time you know i was making a little scarf i think for my rainbow bright doll actually like how uber gen x is that but it was a navy blue scarf um tiny little thing and it's all really 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 neat until like halfway through and then you can tell the moment that you know i stopped for sunday dinner and my half a can of would Wood, woodpecker And the rest of it Was just like Covered it's in holes has got sick on it <laughs> it's just like Just big holes Everywhere So yeah That's my That's fault Turned me into a lush At the age of God knows and 10. Always blame your parents For any drinking problems Absolutely, You might have They fuck you up um, So I was going to play A bit of it Because this was always Jane and my favourite And also to say Fun fact Because Faith No More Played this festival Of Um, their set uh, was Jim Martin's last ever with the band Uh, apparently the big success of the album The Real Thing uh, from 1989 meant that the follow up which was Angel Dust which came out in 92 I believe uh, you know had to be living up to it or better yet eclipsing eclipsing it so um, he felt that the whole album was too contrived so in tribute to Big Jim uh, playing out to Fall Into Pieces also in tribute to my bestie Janie C, and also to Mike Patton, since it was apparently his less-than-great mental health that led them to cancel the whole American and European tour, which I'm still massively gutted about. Well, what, hang on, this time around. Yeah, well, they got pushed it forward. Well, it was COVID originally. Then he got pushed forward again because COVID, and then he cancelled North America. And then he was like, "Well, I can't really, I can't really get back on." there. Oh, so it's cancelled, cancelled. It's not rescheduled. Yeah, it's, no. it's done. Yes. And the Mr. Bungle ones as well. So. Oh shit! I know. I'm. I just can't. Yes. Jane and I both beyond oh, excited about sorry. seeing them one day. So anyway. So this is. I do feel like if you, if you can play Faith No More, I should be allowed to play Manic Street Preachers. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> now I feel cheated. Wrong. And if you would like cheated. to send us an email and and also agree with me about how wrong Hannah is about the Murdoch Street preachers, please send it to that podcast name that we have, which is which <laughs> is it's, to, <laughs> it's yeah. podcast at gmail. I just am not I'm not sure that we've mentioned that they've got that, the fans that we picked to cover here are not necessarily like I suppose in the case of you and Faith No More they are. But they're not like our favourite bands off the bill. We've deliberately gone for some, you know, less than. Because obviously, otherwise, I would have been you of good old days. And and, and, and Yeah, Poo. You know, with the big hitters for me on. Uh... Yeah, and the Black Crows, otherwise. which we already talked about. So, to yeah. be fair. And Faith No More, Ops. They're fast Not great Not very, not very and, Well, we talked about the House of Pain. has Big yeah. names. There's a All lot more big names. We could have done, but you know what? We did an acid jazz episode which we cover Jamiroquai and MC Solar and also uh, Urban Species so you know we did what we did damn it we're not to apologise okay so uh, Instagram Society owes me a Gen X podcast Twitter at Soma GXP Anchor leaves leave us a voicemail um yeah yeah Thanks for listening to the end, I guess. Appreciate that. <laughs> we don't know what we're going to do for Q, but Q, so if you've got any ideas, let us know. No, we're doing a quiz, right? On <laughs> what? On our own podcast. Okay, all right. <laughs> Lily knows. Excellent. Well, I think what what we'll do is I'll quiz you on the ones I did uh-huh. and you quiz me on the ones you did. Oh, gosh. It'll okay. be easy because we're I'll just going to go through our notes. Work. Okay. It'll be fun. All right. We'll see who's recalled the most information which i do feel like you were gonna win this but anyway (laughs) (laughs) until next week bye